Could business coaching transform your architecture practice? That's exactly what we are going to be discussing in this episode of Architecture Business Club, the weekly podcast for solo and small firm architecture practice owners, just like you, who want to build a profitable, future-proof architecture business that fits around their life. I'm the host, John Clayton. If you want to get notified when I release a new episode and get access to free resources and exclusive offers, then go to mrjohnclayton.co.uk forward slash ABC and sign up to my free weekly email newsletter. Now let's discuss business coaching with Chris Baxter. Chris is a chartered architectural technologist and the founder of Studio 11 Architecture a collective of creative designers that produce distinctive functional architecture right across the UK. The team specialise in bespoke home design, has won a string of awards and had their work featured on the UK's most popular property TV design show. Visit studio11architecture.co.uk to connect with Chris and the team. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Before we dive into things, I know you're a big Formula One fan and I just wanted to ask, how has this Formula One season compared to previous ones for you? Uh, well, I'm a massive McLaren fan, so from my point of view, it's fantastic. Lando and um, Oscar are right up there. Have you uh, have you ever been to watch the Formula One? Yeah, we went, um, used to go with my brother quite regularly. Um, I actually have splashed out this year again for tickets next year. Uh, Silverstone. I think Monza's on my list. Chris, so we were going to talk about today, um, not just Formula One, we were going to talk about business coaching and you've had some experience of business coaching and being coached, but business coaching is something that most business owners have at least heard of, but many may not understand much about it. So we're going to talk about your experience of being coached and how coaching can transform an architectural design business. So firstly, Chris, I wanted to ask really what what business was like um, before investing in coaching. So I started the practice back in 2008 and I started uh, by myself in my spare room, probably like most um, most guys that start their own practice. I got to a point where I needed to make a decision. I was getting so much work in that I either needed to start to turn stuff away or I needed to take the step forward and set an office up and things like that. And um, I, I, I took the view that I was young enough to do that and I had the ability to do that. I wasn't. I didn't have a family at the time, um, so I could take the risk. Uh, and I, I took that risk and took that leap, but it kind of snowballed very quickly after that and we got to a point where we were probably an office of 12 i was completely separate from the project so i ended up managing the team and managing clients but i didn't really do any of the stuff that we kind of trained to do um and the bit of the job that where we probably all most enjoy which is the hands-on stuff of drawing and designing and all of those sorts of things um and i started to get to a point where i was thinking is this what I want to do? It's quite stressful because, you know, the numbers at the end of a month to to um, make sure payroll is delivered and overheads are covered and things like that, quite high. Um, and I wasn't getting the day-to-day enjoyment of yeah. 
putting life aside and being able to um, just sit down and come up with a concept and, and draw something, in essence. Um, so, ironically, we never really looked at business coaching. Um, we were chugging along and um, my wife had joined the practice by that time um, to help me out. And uh, we had an HR company that helped us out on little HR things. Um, I have this thing where if I don't know about something, I won't go anywhere near it myself. So I, I make a point of employing the right people to do that. So at a very early stage, we, we got this HR company in to, to help us sort contracts and things like that. And they were a husband and wife team. And um, we went to one of their seminars and sat through three quarters of the seminar and um, they worked very, very well together as a team. Uh, and we ended up having a conversation with them at the end of them, whereby um, the husband had said to me, I'm looking to do some bits outside of HR. Um, does any of that as a business owner sort of um, fit in with you? And, you know, could we help you out kind of thing? And we said, Oh, actually, yeah, some of some of the things would, would be. And they were more holistic things. They were not um, kind of the usual business coach kind of approach, uh, which for me was a little bit more um, resonating because I know profit and loss. I know how to run a basic business. Um, what it turns out I didn't know at the time is I didn't know myself that well. And that was the That's thing really that, that started to help me to move the business forward. So what, what did you know about coaching before you actually invested in it? The only, the only coaching I knew about was the people that dropped in on LinkedIn and said, would you like to triple your turnover or triple your profits in nine months further? And I'm, I'm a skeptical person naturally. And I was, yeah, what, right, whatever kind of thing. But also, architecture is a very, very specific type of business. And there's some really basic rules you can do in business, but they don't always apply to an architecture business. And I never came across anybody who, who had sort of successfully run an architecture business and was coaching, because that's, that's where we all look for for the guidance and I still haven't come across one of those people I don't think um, I think to some degree it's so niche that the people that are running it actually who are doing a good job are peddling away doing a good job they're not um, they're not running a, a sideline of a coaching business or they've not stepped away from architecture they're still loving architecture and still doing architecture got it so the um the types of, I guess, like the bro marketers that you would see popping up on LinkedIn um, and those business coaching promising the the dream, um, that wasn't something that really resonated with you? No, not at all. I think that's the true for a lot of people as well. I think actually that for many people, there are some sort of negative connotations when they don't really know much about business coaching and what they do see of it doesn't inspire them to go ahead and invest in it because they don't it doesn't resonate with them and the approach that a lot of the uh, coaches and marketers take isn't relatable for a lot of people um so chris could you tell me a little bit about then 
about your first coaching session. So you'd found this person to work with. They were taking a holistic approach to things. Can you tell me about when you first started working with them, what that first session was like? We took a deliberate approach to be away from the business. So we set aside a day. Uh, we went and um, literally hired a, a meeting room in a local hotel, had tea, coffee, lunch, that sort of thing. And we just chatted. And we chatted about certain things. But everything that we chatted about related really to us and not necessarily to the business. And I think one of the the big things that I had missed the point of was that to own a business, it has to work for you. And it has to work to achieve your end goals. Otherwise, you're just going to work. And it suddenly dawned on me that I was just going to work. I wasn't really creating a business that delivered where my aspirations were. And to some degree, that's kind of because at that time, I didn't quite know what my aspirations were. And what I wanted to do with my personal life, my family life, and things change. Uh, and suddenly I'd kind of gone from, my wife had joined the business to, to having a family and my family's grown now and my priorities from being a single guy running a business to being a family man and running a business are entirely different. And from my point of view, I started to then look at myself internally a little bit more about my personality and how that affected day-to-day -day interaction with staff, how that affected clients. And we did a whole load of analysis with the team and started to bring the team into doing certain things around understanding their personality types. And all of this is stuff that kind of is, is nothing new, but it's, it's stuff that's kind of important to begin to understand yourself a little bit more. And on that first day, uh, well, uh, I've never sh shared this with anybody outside of that room, but I'm happy to share it with you now, being several years later, is that I cried in that session. And I cried because I suddenly realized that I don't have my parents with me. And my dad died when I was quite young. And one of the big drivers for me and my ambition and being the best and trying to be the best all the time without having an end goal actually was to get the approval of my parents because I wanted them to be proud of me. And it took, a, it took him a fair while to get that from me. He knew what the answer was. I didn't know what the answer was when we were just discussing things and things like that. And um, yeah, I, I sat there and cried because I suddenly realized something that was so simple and so in my face, but yet I couldn't see it at the time. Wow. Chris, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, I mean, it sounds like that session had a well profound impact on you personally not just the impact that it had on the business um and something that you you touched upon there um this idea that when you're working in your business and and you can get um blinkered 
And often we don't take the time for that self-reflection to actually kind of think about why you're doing it. Why did you start the business in the first place and, and where are you heading with it? Why are you doing it? Why aren't you just working at another practice? And I think often that's something that happens when we start off maybe with this idea and dream of, of maybe being a business owner or, or creating something special. And then often we end up just creating ourselves another job. Mm. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, again, from what you've said, that I think I was going to ask about if there's any things that surprised you about being coached. Is there any other things that, that surprised you about the, the experience of being coached? Remember, don't forget to subscribe to my free weekly email newsletter. You can do that at mrjohnclayton.co.uk forward slash ABC. And if you're enjoying this episode, then please visit podchaser.com, search for Architecture Business Club and leave a five-star review. Now back to the show. I think the surprise for me was was how it affected me on a personal level, almost more than on a business level. Um, it it made me look at how I I am as a person, how I behave, how I can modify that behaviour because I'm aware of it now to achieve things that probably would have gone by the wayside if I hadn't have took a step back and went okay well if I approach this in a slightly different way am I actually going to get a better result and it's the old analogy of of losing the battle to win the war that's life isn't it it's um it's something I, I think you probably as a parent you learn when you have kids very quickly the the games you play with kids to to get what you want well that applies to life in general for everybody we're all big kids small kids uh, business kids, trainer kids, all of those different types of people. And you can approach things in such different ways and being adaptable as well. Because um, the one thing I've always been really proud of is I'm really adaptable in how I deal with people. And in being adaptable, you can almost talk to people individually at their level and what in terms of what they're seeking out of a relationship because everybody's seeking something out of a relationship whether it be a personal relationship a business relationship that's again part of life and if you can step back and know and understand that a little bit more that can only help you and um you know communication with people is always the key there's you know it's not a surprise that people who are um very sort of good at communicating are generally quite successful people and it's not a surprise that there's some people that are in the world that you know are not particularly good academically but they can communicate well they can work with people well they can be very successful people i think that's um, commonly known as the gift of the gab yeah, i think it is yes classic <laughs> dale boy isn't it <laughs> absolutely yeah um so so i can see the experience of being coached, it's had a profound impact on you personally. How did that translate to, um, once that you'd had that experience, how did that translate to the impact on your architecture business moving forward? So what happened after you'd started doing the coaching and, and you'd had that moment of self-realisation and self-awareness about all these things that you had going on personally and how you could adapt uh, things there? 
how did it impact the architecture business itself? So we made this de the decision that actually the direction that the business was going was probably not the direction that we wanted it to go. And it didn't really achieve our end goals. And um, one of the things that the sort of coach said to us is, you know, have, have an end goal. But it doesn't matter that the goal is a moving target. You can, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a straight line. You can take off from here and go all the way around the houses and come back and still get back to there. But have that end goal as to what you want as a business owner and what you want as a person. So we took the view that we would change effectively the work that we did. We were doing, I would say, 85, 90% residential development, mass housing, um, big numbers, but small profit margins. And certainly from a team point of view, um, we were struggling to retain staff because they were getting bored. The good members of staff were saying, okay, well, we want, we want to be um, pushed a little bit more. We want to do something a little bit different. And I certainly, from my point of view, was sitting there thinking, I quite fancy you know, designing some buildings again. That would be quite nice because that's kind of what we do. Um, so we took the view that we were going to slowly start to reorientate our market of where we were um, going to go. And we obviously had had a few projects relatively locally that were self-build one-off houses, and we were lucky enough to be um, featured on a TV show, national coverage of a um, sort of a modern modern house, and everybody in the office loved working on those projects, including me. So it seemed a no-brainer for us to to try and move to the business to to take more of that into account. Um, and we, we thought it would be a slow process. And we thought, you know, if we get it to, you know, 60, 40, that'd be great. But in reality, what happened was lots of ha things happened outside of our control. So we went through a pandemic that had a big effect on cash flow and how we dealt with staff levels and things like that. But ultimately what's happened is the, the ratios flipped the other way. So we predominantly now do bespoke one-off houses. We do limited amounts of residential development for old clients, um, very select clients that, that we like to work with. Um, but what has happened is the turnovers pretty much stayed the same. The overhead is almost reduced by half. So wow. overall, in terms of profit, then there's there's much more significant profit to be made there and we've got, i've got a team that are enjoying the work that they're doing they're not churning out things they're working through things designing solutions to things engineering solutions to things um and we're now in a position where we're thinking okay well we're beginning to get too much work so we're starting to think okay well we need to recruit and we've taken the view that we're going to recruit bottom debt, bottom up. So we've been really successful in bringing trainees into the business, training them, and some pop off to other practices. That's natural. Um, but most stay with us and they enjoy being with the practice. They've learned 
the way we like to do things, the way we want to approach projects. And um, we're now basically talking to the local college and saying, okay, well, you know, you've got guys, give me your best three to send to an interview and we'll look at um, offering them experience, work experience with a view to a, a, an end goal of a position, full-time position, once they're fully qualified. That sounds fantastic. Um, I love... I love the way that, that things have transformed for you in the practice and the fact that, you know, it's not necessarily about growing financially with, with revenue and turnover. That's a bit of a vanity figure, really. But actually, the fact that that ratio, the split of the projects has changed, that that's had a positive impact on um, reducing overheads and everyone's much happier working on those projects. And the fact that you've got that plan in place to um, recruit from the bottom up and to bring in some um, some fresh talent into the practice and, and help train them and support them. I think that's amazing. So um, brilliant. I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. Um, Chris, what I was going to ask was, what would you say to, to anyone that's curious about being coached? I think find the coach that works for you. Do a bit of investigation work. Do a bit of um speaking to people that have worked with that coach it's all about finding somebody that can work with you if you're not going to get on then it's just not going to work but if you think you can work with them um and be really open and honest and frank in the conversations you have between each other because you know as business owners nobody likes to be told you're being silly and you're missing something out and you know there's some obvious things you could do to make a life better nobody likes that but that's probably the truth and you know we all need to hear those those things sometimes and equally on the flip side coaches want to hear how they can do things better they want to understand businesses and the differences in businesses and i think that's really key for us is that we are a very specific type of business and you need to have a coach that has the right mindset to actually take a step back and go okay well I know all the principles, but I've got to apply that to something that is outside of my comfort zone at the minute and almost work together in doing that. That's great. I love that. Um, Chris, is there anything else that you wanted to say that we, we haven't covered in the course of the conversation? I think just be open-minded about things. Set yourself some end goals. Make sure those goals are for you personally and how you want to to take the business forward. Don't put yourself in a position where you're just going to a job because that's pointless. The stress is far too high for that. And you know, be open-minded to, to talking to other people. I, I, I talk to people now. I think, no, nah, that's not for me. I know myself well enough now that you know I can push things to the side. But equally, I think, oh, I really like that. Little nuggets of information from people. And equally, you know, work together. Don't always assume that the architectural practices around you are competition. Don't look over your shoulder. Don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about what you do, what you do well, and stick with that. That's great advice. Thanks, Chris. Um, I wanted to ask you a last question that's actually not anything related to being coached. Um, I, I love discovering new places and travel 
And I wondered if you could tell me about, well, tell me one of your favourite places and what you love about it. So this could be anywhere, nearby, far, wherever you like. Ah, well, we have a bit of a family tradition. And we started this um, when I first met my wife and we were dating. And um, we love the Norfolk coast. Kids love it. We love it. The beaches are fantastic. The only place I've been in the UK that's quite as nice is is the Pembrokeshire coast in Wales, to be fair. Um, but we love the Norfolk coast. And our tradition is on New Year's Day, every single year without fail, we go to Wales. And um, we love that because you've got the beach there, but the kids love the forest and like climbing the trees. And we've got pictures of our 11-year-old hanging off branches and things like that. And it's just our happy place, I guess. Um, and we news day we go there every single day no matter what the weather is it could be pouring down with rain it could be sunshine um, we go there every single year and it is just a happy place for us as a family and it's a, a place where we can all take a breath and reset and I guess we're thinking about okay well what are we doing in the year ahead and that's kind of how we view it oh that's lovely and that's a it's a fantastic place I, I love Wells as well um that's a bit of a bit of a family favourite for us too. Um, Chris, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, can you remind everyone where they can go online to to connect with you and find out more about you? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So um, our website is uh, studio11architecture.co.uk. Uh, you'll see team members on there. You'll find contact details on there. I'm happy to have a chat with anybody um following this uh, if i can help people other business owners um obviously especially architecture business owners then that'd be fantastic awesome thanks so much chris next time i'll be talking about side hustle architectural services and sharing a bit about how and why i started my own side hustle thanks so much for listening to this episode of architecture business club if you liked this episode, think other people might enjoy it, or just want to show your support, then please visit podchaser.com, search for Architecture Business Club, and leave a glowing five-star review. It would mean so much to me, and makes it easier for new listeners to discover the show. If you just want to connect with me, you can do that on most social media platforms, just search for at Mr. John Clayton. The best place to connect with me online, though, is on LinkedIn. You can find a link to my profile in the show notes. Remember... Running your architecture business doesn't have to be hard, and you don't need to do it alone. This is Architecture Business Club. 